There's a lot to be excited about on the Chargers offense, especially with the addition of Kellen Moore. But what is he working with today? We're talking about if the Chargers have a top five offensive arsenal in the NFL. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? On today's show, we are going to discuss whether the Chargers have one of the top offensive arsenals in the NFL. Also, we're going to take a look at some of the early 2024 draft needs, and we're going to talk about whether John Johnson is still an option for the Bolts. Still some free agent spending money for the Chargers if they choose to use it right, and I think, you know, with what their salary cap situation is next year, the draft is never too quick and, you know, too early to look at, but... Let's talk about Bill Barnwell from ESPN ranking the top arsenals in the NFL on the offensive side of the ball, ranking basically each team's top five at receivers, running backs, and tight ends total. I think, you know, most offenses running a three wide receiver, one tight end, one running back look. And I think when you look at this, it makes a lot of sense, David, because the Chargers, we know, have great skill position players. And when you see them ranked up against the other teams in the league, they're about as good as anyone, right? Like they are right up there with the cream of the crop. So do you think before we get into what he had to say that the Chargers have a top five offensive arsenal? Absolutely, I do. I, I completely, truly believe that the Chargers have one of the top offensive arsenals in the league. I think you just look at the production that these guys have brought to the table over time too it's not just been a one-year sample size it's been multiple years that these guys have been getting it done keenan allen has been a perennial thousand yard receiver 100 catch guy for many many seasons mike yeah. williams has been a jump ball threat a guy that's going to go up and get it in the big moments ever since he stepped foot in the nfl austin eckler since he got that first chance he has been scoring touchdowns left right and center so Absolutely. I think you can't not look at this Chargers offensive group of skill position players and not come away with the fact that the Chargers definitely have one of the top offensive arsenals in the NFL. And Bill Barnwell has them ranked at number five, right? These are the teams that are ahead of them. The Seahawks at four, the Eagles at three, Bengals at two, and 49ers at one, right? This isn't obviously taking the quarterback into account, which would only help the Chargers in this situation, oh, yeah. right? But I get it with the other teams there. I think five seems about right because of what we don't know with Quentin Johnston at this point, yeah. assuming he is that third wide receiver. And I think him being in this unit is what gets them into the top five. They were in the sixth last year before Quentin Johnston, right? And we all saw what happened with that because they didn't really have those five guys on the field. But yeah, the Seahawks, DK, you know, Metcalf, Tyler Rocket, Smith and Jigba, and you have Kenneth Walker. Okay, that's a good offensive arsenal. Noah Fountain, Noah Fanton, who knows, you know. Yeah. Eagles, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. That's a pretty solid three right there. Bengals have Chase Higgins, Boyd. 49ers have a star at every position. But yeah. I think, I mean, they do. In tight end, you have Kittle, you know, receiver. No, you have Debo and Debo, Ayuk. Yeah, Christian and then McCaffrey, you have Christian Ayuk, McCaffrey, yeah. right? I mean, 
I wonder what people would think about Christian McCaffrey if he was the undrafted free agent and Austin Eckler was a first-round pick. Conversation. That is a good day. one. <laughs> but I do think, though, when you look at that, like even with those guys that we've talked about, maybe you know they're a full tier below the 49ers because of you know star at every position. But like they're right there, man. I mean, if you look yeah. at this top five, Keenan, Mike, and Quentin Johnston, maybe even Josh Palmer, you know, I think you're still competitive in this regard. Running back, you have Austin Eckler, and they give a great stat about that. 28-year-old from Bill Barnwell. On 28 of his routes, 28% of his routes, he was targeted and averaged 1.8 yards per route run, which if you're comparing that against everyone in the NFL, that's actually around where DK Metcalf and guys like Deontay Johnson are, right? He has been great, and he also has gained 198 yards after the catch, more than expected the last two seasons. He's great. I do think, though, the one X factor here, David, the one guy outside of Quentin Johnston who's a big question mark at this point, is Gerald Everett, right? And Gerald Everett, to me, is kind of the X factor for this top five. And really, I think if he can go off in 2022, that puts them near the top of this list. Definitely. I think Gerald Everett's a guy that has gotten better year over year, every single year he's been in the NFL. And last year, he definitely showed some moments with Justin Herbert at quarterback. He showed that toughness. He showed that yards after catch ability. Um, and it, it really is something that, the Chargers offense need more of even after bringing in Quentin Johnston they still need more from Gerald Everett and Gerald Everett is incentivized to do that because you know there's money to be made right and, you know, this year, is a contract yeah. year for him so you know th this is a great offense there's a lot of stars around there's a, a great offensive line that's blocking in front of them and Gerald Everett is going to be featured for sure. I think there's yeah. no other tight end in that group that you can say is going to be there to take a bunch of snaps away from Gerald Everett. So he is going to be put in positions to be very successful. And I like his chances to do that this year. Especially after you've seen what Kellen Moore has done with Dalton Schultz and the rest of those guys, right? Dalton Schultz was like a fourth round pick and he turned him into a dude who's, you know, double digits and millions right? Almost making $10 yeah. million dollars a year now. One of the yes. most productive tight ends in the league the last couple of years and did a lot with, you know, even his backups, the second and third string tight ends when he was with the Cowboys. So I think you like that. And then I think it's easy to forget because of how the way ended and just us, you know, repressing the memory, but like yeah. he had six catches for 109 yards and a touchdown in the Chargers playoff game. Like he was yeah. the furthest thing from the problem. And I think showed you a glimpse of kind of what the potential is in there. Every year it feels like he's getting that potential. But I do remember, you know, everydayers know Matt Williamson last week when he was on the show brought Gerald Everett up, and maybe he's yeah. the guy we're not talking about enough. But I think in this case, though, he's the guy where he's the X factor that could, I think, move them above some of these other teams, right? Better than the Bengals' tight end situation yeah. for sure. I think you look at the Seahawks better than that tight end situation. If he can do, you know, even more than he did last year, that puts them right there. But I do think that the biggest thing about this list that surprised me, David, and I was kind of eye-opening, was the fact that the Chiefs ranked 19th as far as their skill position players. The Bills were right behind them at 20th. And, I mean, it's hard for me to argue with that because, like, there's not a ton there. You know, Travis Kelsey's a Hall of Famer. Isaiah sure, Pacheco's but name one of their other wide receivers. Yeah, name any yeah, of their wide receivers. That, that's right? what I'm like, saying. Yeah, that's mean, my point is it's just a collection of misfit toys. But right. the key there, obviously, is the mastermind of Andy Reid. Andy yeah. Reid putting all of those pieces together and them dinking and dunking down the football field and you just can't stop it. And for the Bills, I think that one was a little bit surprising to me to be that late or that far off on the list because of Stefan Diggs alone. I mean, Stefan, yeah. Stefan Diggs. And also like Gabriel, I think Gabriel's a, a pretty nice compliment 
to him. But, yeah, that definitely did surprise me, Dan. I was not expecting to see the Chiefs and the Bills, two of the unquestioned best teams in the NFL, being very, very far away from where the Chargers were. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs receivers are this. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, Ricky James, Justin Ross, John Ross, all the Rosses, like, yeah, they're just taking a bunch of dart throws, and I get it because guess what? It worked for them last year. Yep, you know, sure like did. last year it was Juju Smith Schuster, right? And it was McCole Hardman after Tyreek yeah. Hill left, and like a bunch of guys. And they have a bunch of guys again, and they're going to be one of the top offenses in the league. And I think the main point here is just the Chargers have more than enough. Justin Herbert has more than enough. Anything less than elite, elite from this Chargers offense is not good enough, right? Because yeah. This isn't, you know, bringing up the offensive line in these arsenals, right? And we know that right. we like the Chargers offensive line. This Definitely. isn't bringing up the quarterback. So, like, right. if you're adding a top five arsenal to this unit, it, how can you not be elite? How can the expectations not be elite, David? I think that's just where it's at right now. This, it, It's elite or nothing for this group to me. Absolutely, yes. The All of the ingredients to be elite are there. A star quarterback, a star offensive coordinator, an offensive line that's chock full of superstars and young talent, and then all of the different wide receivers and receiving options and and just weapons that you could possibly ask for. The Chargers offense has it all. So now it's about putting all those pieces and getting them all to work well together and to mix it up and try to push the right buttons. That's going to be Kellen Moore's responsibility. So we're going to have to see how that unfolds this year. Absolutely. But enough is enough. And and it has to be elite. This team shouldn't be, you know, barely scraping the top 10 as far as offenses go. They have all the weapons available. And we know with what their salary cap situation is next year, right? They need this group to come through and they don't have all these weapons coming back potentially next year. You know, you couldn't miss Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler, unlikely to be back if he plays well, you know, continues to play that way. So a lot's riding on this year. This room has nothing left to you know really achieve other than just being one of the top end offenses in the league and they have the quarterback to do it so no excuses but considering what the cap situation is in 2024 the draft is going to be just as important if not you know more important than it was this year for the Chargers to find players that in what way could they go at this point will they spend any more of their free agency budget that they created with all those restructures maybe John Johnson's an opportunity we're going to get into that coming up right after this Today's episode is brought to you guys by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting in the MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $2,000. That's right, guys. Just 20 bucks in and you'll have $2,000 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting on anything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit a home run. And you can always, that's always my favorite, right? Trying to pick who is going to get a home run in any game. Like that is just one of the things where you're always going to get a good payout and like just makes baseball for me, especially when the Padres are bad, that much more interesting. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. No one wants to wait for their winnings, and there's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets back. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah, we also have a Chargers mailbag this week turning the show over to you guys. We got some more great questions that we wanted to get to today, but that offensive arsenal thing was out there, and we just had to talk about it because, you know, enough is enough. The Chargers have all the pieces they need there. But next year, everything gets a lot more difficult, right? 
The cap situation is going to be a major factor. The projected cap of 2024, the Chargers are $60 million over it, right? We've gone through some of the ways they'll have to go about trying to get under that. But no matter what, it's hard to imagine a situation where the Chargers aren't going to be going into 2024 where they're going to need to hit on draft picks, where they're going to need contributions from those guys immediately, right? And if you're looking at the contract year, guys, if you're looking at what didn't get addressed this year, I think it gives you a good idea. And I think that's why Chris Saiz asked this question today, which is based on next year's cap situation, what would your primary focus be for next year's draft? Go ahead, David. Yeah, so my primary focus is going to be about three positions. Number one, it's going to be tight end. The Chargers did not address that position this year in a very rich tight end draft class, at least so the experts said. We'll have to see how that unfolds, but they missed out on that opportunity. So they still have that hole. It's still there. They need to address that. Wide receiver, I think, is another spot they're going to have to feature early and often, especially because they're going to want to have to get talent while they have their quarterback on a gigantic contract. I think they're going to want to continue to cycle talent in and out of that position. And also, I want to see them focus on the defensive line i don't feel like they've done that enough at least i want to get i want that to be focused early on so they can get somebody who can make an impact stopping the run i think those are some positions that i'm looking to see the chargers target early in next year's draft i think tight end is the obvious one right I do think that, you know, just getting younger on defense as yeah. well, especially when, you know, when you have guys like Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and you have Eric Kendricks in the middle, Sebastian Joseph Day, not super old, right? But you have a, right. some aging players for sure. J.C. Jackson, another one, right? I, I, Michael Davis, too. I, I don't know. I, I think those are definitely, if you're looking for where you're spending your premier resources in general, I think that's the way I would go. I love sure. D-line because I think, you know, after the Chargers took Jerry Tillery, you've failed to see them address it with you know big time resources in the draft yes the they draft, spent yeah. money limball joseph right they spent yeah. money on him they spent money on sebastian joseph day and austin johnson tried to do it yeah. that way that hasn't worked i do think yeah get more young talent there a fourth round pick on tito is not going to necessarily do it a sixth round pick on scott matlock is a hard to feel great about you know as far as just getting the future for that position someone who can yeah. grow into it I like those picks. I mean, I think running backs is another one, David, though, because yeah. guess what? Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler both yeah, in contract I mean, years. That might change after this season, right? We have to see how Isaiah Spiller does, but at even this moment, you, even definitely. Even if he balls yeah. out, though. Like, yeah. if he balls out, he's, there's one running back on the roster. Yeah, you need so, another body <laughs> like, for sure. And what we talked about with Austin Eckler is having that second guy and how important Absolutely. it is to be able to share the load. So and it feels like almost no matter what, running back is going to be something that has to get addressed yeah. in next year's draft. But let's get to another question we have from Aiden Natoli, who asked today, Happy 4th of July. Bolts have $12 million left in free agency money, but some has to be reserved for the in-season moves. So let's call it $8 million available. How would you guys spend it? David, what do you think? John Johnson, come on down, especially uh, yeah. after there has been a, a picture that was posted on Twitter <laughs> with Morgan Fox and Sebastian Joseph Day, along with none other than John Johnson the third. So all I'm saying is this. You guys have better of be in his ear recruiting him to sign with the Bolts. I mean, come yeah. on, guys. It just makes way too much sense. He, John Johnson is a player that can really be versatile and add to your defensive backfield, allow you to move Derwin James around a lot more comfortably when you know you have a veteran on the back end that understands those responsibilities in this defense specifically and has had success in this defense specifically so that's what yeah. i want to see if the charger the chargers have a little bit of money spending money 
Hey, send them six million plus some incentives and see if that gets it done. I, yeah. I still feel like this is one of the big missing pieces. Also, love to see them get bring in some edge de depth. Uh, I think that would be a, a good move as well. Yeah, and there's definitely some you know veteran edge rushers out there. You know, if you want to kick the tires on someone, obviously they didn't want to bring back Calvin Noy, which he said publicly. So like, I don't know if you, I don't know who it would be at this yeah. point. We brought up you know Yannick Ngakwe. Like, there's names yeah. out there if they want to sure. get a name. They could do it. Uh, yep. I, I would add to that, you know, John Johnson, obviously. I mean, if you're looking at guys who have produced under Brandon Staley and then carried that over to the Chargers, Morgan Fox, number one. Yep. Picked up right where he left off. Then you go to Bryce Callahan, played with Brandon Staley, played Had extremely well for him last year. But then there's Sebastian Joseph Day, where kind of the jury's still out on it a little bit, right? I yeah. think a, a subpar season by his standards, right, as far as coming in and, and bringing what he did the last time Brandon Staley was with him. But yeah. then he also had Aaron Donald next to him then, too. Right. So, if I was adding to that, having Foster Sale getting the swing tackle job with no competition scares the daylights out of me. Because I would agree with happened. that. We saw last year Rashawn Slater went down. Jamari Sawyer saved the season in a lot of respects. Having a, a tight end to kind of be insurance for Donald Parham slash competition for Trey McKitty, that's yeah. another thing I would be looking at as well. Maybe someone with more of a blocking focus. I love Gerald Everett, but it's an extremely thin group. If Gerald Everett goes down... Yeah. You have Donna Barham, who's missed a ton of time, and Trey McKitty, who took a step back in year two. That doesn't feel great. So right. I would add those into the obvious John Johnson, for sure. Yes. I, I wish I could be at you know training camp just to be like, Brain Steve, how do you feel about your safeties? Oh, you know, we love our safeties. Are you sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that? You know, John Johnson? I don't know. So I, it makes too much sense to me. Even your, to your teammates it. are hanging out with John Johnson. Maybe they're sending hits, hints your way. Yeah, you, you have know? to hope. I mean, yeah. I mean, the price seems like it would only go you know it has more to. it only goes yeah, down further yeah. down but like what's the, what's the hold up why have they waited right that's, that's what i yeah that's know. what I, that's what we don't know right that's what complicates this situation is we don't know all of the uh the things we don't we don't know. know how much they think it's a need that's the biggest thing that's but it too let's yeah. get to super fan zach zachary shelton who asked today if you can have one former player be an honorary captain next season when this team goes to the super bowl when not if i love that who would you pick david to me there's one answer yeah for me it, it's it's cut and dry it's very very clear it's philip rivers for me he gave his blood sweat and tears to this organization i feel like he deserves to be at the super bowl and he deserves to be there representing the chargers so yeah. that's why it's a very easy decision for me yeah i'd say the alternate alternates to that right dan fouts obviously yeah. you know he's a guy that's up there but for me it would be antonio gates Ladanian antonio Thomas gates and, yes and lt yeah uh, i mean it, Antonio Gates much longer, obviously, different position. He aged yeah. like a fine wine and was awesome. Yes, he did. We're going to talk about him and have a little spotlight on him next week for the everydayers out there. Even while we're on vacation, we will have a show about the history of the Chargers' undrafted greatness, including the GOAT, Antonio Gates. But Yes, indeed. I, I think those guys all make the most sense. If the Chargers do finally get to a Super Bowl, something that we saw so many great, all-time great players, Hall of Fame-level yeah. players try to do but never even get to that game. Yeah. And like Phil Rivers, like you play a playoff game on a torn ACL, you get the you get the nod, right? Like that, that, that that's Seriously. where it can end. Yeah. So oh, Philip Rivers that has the golden ticket as far as I'm concerned, right? I mean, he, he played a playoff game with a torn ACL. So he, he yeah, gets to be the honorary yeah. captain. And, and it'd be so cool for that to happen when the Chargers get to the Super Bowl. There but you go. We do have more we want to get into because it is Fan Mail Friday and Fan Mail Friday. It's Chargers Mailbag Day, regardless. A tear called into the show. And when a tear calls in, we have to hear what he has to say. Of course, today he has something else crazy, a crazy prediction of what he thinks is going to happen with the Chargers 
versus the Buffalo Bills. So we're going to get to what a tier has for us this weekend. Also, could this be Kenneth Murray's last season in Lightning Bolts? Coming up right after this. All right, continuing this Chargers mailbag day. It's not a Chargers mailbag unless we get a tier on the show. But that's just for today's show. The good news is we'll be back with you guys on Friday, the last two weeks of three shows a week, and then we'll be ramping back up to five shows a week as training camp gets started with the Chargers and everything else. But the good news is, even while we're on vacation, we still have three more shows planned for you guys this week, even if we're up at 3 a.m. recording them this week to get them to you next week if we have to. We will. But I do want to say that, you know, Friday show, we will have the Chargers roster as a whole. Maybe we'll get into that. They were ranked pretty highly as far as the NFL's most complete rosters. And also you have position groups. We're going to start breaking down the Chargers position groups, including next week, getting into why this Chargers wide receiving core has a chance to be truly special if a couple of things break the right way. But make sure you guys are back with us next week for that. Let's get to a tier because when he calls in, he always brings the heat, and he has another bold prediction for us on today's show. Let's hear it. Dan, David, love you, my boys. Happy 4th of July. This is a tier. Prediction. Week 16, Bills at the Chargers will be the battle for the number one seed in the AFC. Both divisions have wrapped up. Let me get your thoughts. What do you think? FDR, baby. Love you. I love how it has nothing to do with the Raiders and it's just still an FTR because that's right. Because it's just right. what it is every day. Yeah. yeah. That I 100% agree with you. The other part of it, I mean, how awesome of a story would it be? Like if that game has those kind of stakes attached to it in week 16 and, you you know, the Chargers are in competition for the number one seed, whether or not it will be. I mean, I'd sign up for that right now, obviously, David. Oh, man, I would absolutely love that. I mean, come on. You guys know I'm one of the biggest optimists in the world. And but will even it happen? now, for me, it's a little hard for me to envision <laughs> that being the scenario, okay? I love this team. I believe in the potential of this team, but I also followed this team every day for the last yeah. five and a half years. Uh, well, actually, what, seven and a half years now, right? Yeah. It's been a long time. So that that also brings me back to knowing that things will go wrong for the Chargers. It just happens. So, yeah. We'll see if they're in that situation. It's hard for me to sit here now and believe that that's what's going to happen. But, hey, the Chargers will always surprise us with, with what happens during the season. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what they do. Yeah, the hardest thing for me to believe is that the Chiefs are going to be out of the divisional race in week 16 when they yeah. still have a game against the Chargers at the end of the season, right? Like it, it feels like if the Chargers are going to win the division, let alone the conference, right? it's going to be scratching and clawing and it's going to have a lot to do with what happens in that final week outside Absolutely. of a, you know, Patrick Mahomes injury. But yeah, that's if the Chiefs say. have a chance to, you know, potentially have a tiebreaker in the last week of the season, we all remember the 12 and four, you know, 2018 year, like you have to win those games and tying them isn't enough. So like to, nope. to think they're going to be out of it is hard to imagine at this point, but to think that that Bills and Chargers game won't have a meaningful impact on the playoff landscape is also hard to believe. It, it feels yeah. like that will be an important game for both teams at the end of this season because the AFC East is pretty loaded this year, too, with the yep. Jets getting Aaron Rodgers, the Dolphins loading up, getting Jalen Ramsey. Yep. It, it's going to be a crazy, crazy year in the AFC. But if the Chargers could win this specific group of the AFC, that would be insane. So let's get to the next question we have here from Gerald Garo, who asks, do you think this will be Kenneth Murray's last season with the Chargers? There's potential there, no doubt, and there's glimpses, but there's been 
a lot of inconsistencies as well. I feel like he needs a big season for the team and for himself. What do you guys think? Go ahead, David. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if there's anything that can really happen for Kenneth Murray for for him to be a member of the Chargers next season. I think the Chargers already kind of put that out there when they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, and also by them drafting a linebacker with their first three picks in sure. this year's draft. And I think Deion Henley is the heir apparent, and we'll see how quickly he takes over that spot during this season. But I think the marriage of the Chargers with Kenneth Murray is heading towards divorce after this season. Yeah, and like it's hard because you don't want to breed too much into them not picking up the fifth-year option because it was just going to pay him way more money, right, than sure. a linebacker with what he's been able to do would get paid. So like, there wouldn't be it wouldn't be totally out of the realm of possibility that like he could, you know, come back even though they decline that, right? Sure. This is the problem. That's in a vacuum. The problem yeah. is is not only would he have to be improved, but logically speaking, like. He would have to play better than Kazir White did when Kazir White did not get brought back by the team. Yeah. And then he'd have to play better than Drew Tranquil did last year, who also did not come back to the team. So, like, playing better, getting better, it's not out of the question. But, like, he would have to be so good that he would have to make the Chargers reconsider the way they feel about re-signing their own linebackers. And they didn't do it after two breakout seasons that we saw in 2022 and 2021. The other thing is, though, both of those guys signed really cheap. Right. So yeah. even if he does play well this season, if the Chargers do want to bring him back into the fold, because it's not just, you know, the heir apparent day on Henley for him, like Eric yeah. Hendricks has kind of a ripcord after this season. As Definitely. Well. So like, are you going to lose both of your middle linebackers because you drafted one in the third round? Like, and feel good about that. It's hard to say, but like, yeah. I, I do think that, I mean, more likely than not, it's hard to envision the path that gets Kenneth Murray back on this team in 2024, which is how tumultuous it's been up until this point. So yeah, it's going to be hard, but we do have one more question we want to get into from Cham, the Philly legend who asks, are the chargers content with their defensive depth on the defensive line and at linebacker? So talked a little bit about the linebacker position, but I think they're both positions, David, where there's a couple of questions we have for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I think there's a lot of bodies in the defensive line room for the defensive tackles, right? You got Scott Matlock, you got yeah. Jared Clark, you got Chris Hinton, you got David Moa, you got Otito Abonia, Basil Okoye, their you know, international transfer is Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson. So a lot of more different Fox, bodies in that group. Yeah, I mean, it feels like to me, David, that like the Chargers are treating their defensive line kind of like the Chiefs are treating their wide receiver group, which is yep, like we have darts. a bunch of guys. There's a ton of guys in that Definitely. room for sure. But like, that's going to be a tough one. And, and like, I mean, I think for this question, it's almost like the Chargers have kind of told you that they're content with these positions. At Definitely. least to some extent, because like these are what these positions are at this point. Right. Yep. So like, oh, and Nick Williams. I didn't even bring up Nick Williams. That's another body. So, like, and that's the thing, too, though. It's like, well, they're content with it, but in Nick Williams' case, like, they're bringing him in. So, like, there's some obvious questions, and I think a lot of it's going to have to do with, too, how long is it going to take Austin Johnson to get back? How long is it yeah. going to take Tito to get back on the Absolutely, field? Because yes. those are two guys where it's hard to know at this point because we haven't seen them during OTAs because they've all been rehabbing. That's right. Yeah, it, that's the biggest question, Dan. You just don't know. I mean, those when, are, what are major Amen injuries, and Nick Neiman, too. Right? Like, there's so many just guys, like you said. Like, there's just guys. Like, yeah, Nick Neiman, what do you have in him? Amen Ogbongamiga, right. what do you have in him? Nothing like, more than a special teamer up to this point, right? They have not gotten onto the field on defense. So you don't know what you have, and the Chargers don't know what they have, but they have a ton of guys to try to figure it out. 
Yeah, and I think that, like, we'll talk about it in the receiver show next week when we start our position group breakdowns, but, like, I think the competition at the bottom of these units is going to end up paying off in the long haul as far as just at least the drop-off you have if you do sustain these injuries, right? Getting higher quality depth to come off your training camp squad or your practice squad, right? To be able to, when you do inevitably have injuries at these positions, the Chargers got devastated at defensive line last year. They got devastated at wide receiver last year. This year, way more bodies, way more guys with NFL experience kind of pushing the bottom of those groups, right? And I think that um, in the long haul is really, really going to pay off and having those positions be better players, even if they're practice squad players is going to be hugely, hugely important for the depth of this point. defense. Top end, though, where does the pass rush come without Morgan Fox on the inside, right? Can Kenneth Murray be counted on? Those are still huge questions that we have that we'll have to break more into when we get to those position groups because I yeah. think it's a very, very solid question. I, and I think there are a lot more questions than answers for a lot of the guys at the end of this roster. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. The good news is we will be back with you guys on Friday talking about the Chargers if they have the most complete or one of the most complete rosters in the NFL. We're also going to be starting our position group breakdowns, talking about undrafted greatness like Antonio Gates, talking about this special group of wide receivers. So much on the docket for you guys coming up. And to make sure you don't miss it, go follow us wherever you get your podcast from. And also you can follow or subscribe free to the Locked on Chargers YouTube channel as well. And we also post the show every day to all of our social media. If you want to hit us up, you can on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and give us a follow there. Or you can follow me at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer at DroTalkSD. You guys can also find us on Instagram at LockedOnChargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. Thank you to everyone who called into the voicemail line and left a 30-second voicemail. A tier. Appreciate you. You can call into that number at 323-524-7924. And we're going to continue to keep doing that throughout the rest of the offseason for sure. Love getting you guys on here. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you guys on Friday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.